All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The divisional round is set, so here's how things look. You got Houston, Baltimore, Chiefs, Bills, Bucks, Lions, Packers, Niners, and guys... We already have some, you know, lines to look at here on the DK Sportsbook for these. Number one seeds, heavy favorites in the next round, okay? Baltimore, nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Stroud and the Texans. San Fran, ten-point favorite over Love and the Packers. Chiefs-Bills, your closest game odds-wise with Buffalo, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. So, guys, a lot of questions after this weekend, whether you won, whether you lost. Let's start with the teams. We're actually moving on. What do we think of these matchups? I mean, I'm excited. It, it is interesting to look at because I'm excited too. And boy, oh boy, we talked at the beginning of the year about the difference in quarterback level between the AFC and the NFC overall. And dad, looking at these final fours, the final four quarterbacks in the AFC, Lamar Jackson, the likely MVP, Josh Allen, his likely biggest competition, Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the NFL, and CJ Stroud versus the quarterbacks in the NFC, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, and Jordan Love, who had a phenomenal season, but a very different group. A lot of former number one picks who were on separate teams, Mr. Irrelevant, Jordan Love, a guy who had gone through the turmoil of that Green Bay quarterback room. It's a very interesting look at how the other half lives. It is, and you have to look at, at the home fields, and will it affect anybody? Obviously, Detroit uh, is in a dome for Tampa Bay. Sam Fran's on the West Coast, so... You know, you're not, you're not going to get any kind of blizzard. That's luckily, fortunately for me, the game I'm doing, I've been very lucky. Yes. I got the game in Dallas, which was in a dome, even though it was zero degrees outside, but it was in a dome. And now I get to go to San Francisco uh, for the Green Bay game. Uh, Detroit, again, it's inside. Uh, Buffalo, it's going to be 20-some degrees. I just looked at Baltimore. Uh, it's snowing there now, but on Saturday, it's supposed to be 25. You're getting a dome team there. In, in the Houston Texans. So, but it yep. doesn't look like that that is going to affect them too much there. But it's a great point about the quarterbacks because that's what we're, you know, we live on in this league is the quarterbacks and the matchups. 
How many people without a dog in, in this in this race are rooting for Houston to make this miraculous run? Right? They have to be how Detroit. It has to be Houston in the AFC and Detroit in the NFC. Detroit just just the fact that they have been so inept for so many years, and here they are hosting their second playoff game in you know 562 years. It's been ridiculous for them. So how much people are digging them, and how much people are raise an eyebrow at Houston and what they're able to do, even though this is going to be a tall, tall task against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. But for C.J. Stroud, you know, the offensive rookie of the year, what he's going to have to deal with with that Baltimore defense. So I do think it's interesting to consider those two teams side by side because they've both got the young hot quarterback that's burst onto the scene. Now, one did it his rookie season in C.J. Stroud and the other had to wait his turn uh, uh, in Jordan Love. And dad, I think for all prospective teams out there who are looking to make hires this offseason, this is why the stakes feel so high because both of these teams give your fan bases hope. One was able to do it, microwave it in an instant. You hired the right coaching candidate in D'Amico Ryans. You got the right draft pick in C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr. not far after him in the first round. And it seems to have immediately altered the course, the vibes, everything around your franchise. The other is arguably more impressive even, given what we've seen from so many teams, Dad, who have had Hall of Fame quarterbacks depart, the New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and what they're going through right now, to immediately replace it with what at the very least, Dad, in Jordan Love is a high-end NFL starter, like a guy that's capable of re being the reason you win games. Both of these teams are allowed to give fan bases unrealistic expectation about what a franchise is able to do, either dismounting from a bad situation situation in Houston or coming off of yet another Hall of Fame tenure in the Green Bay situation. I'm telling you, Mike, what they have done, do they know how to transition quarterbacks or not? It's been incredible. But so he's come along because he was shaky early on, but his maturation process of eyes downfield sliding in the pocket, he got so smooth as to the point we talked about before this game this weekend, the last eight games of the regular season, 18 touchdowns, just one interception. But here's the amazing thing to me, Mike, as he's a first-year starter, look who he is throwing to. Jaden Reed, who set all kinds of records, is a rookie. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, rookie. Your tight ends, Tucker Kraft, rookie. Luke Musgrave, rookie, who started the year, then got hurt. Kraft came in, did well. Musgrave's back. And now they have a two tight end set, which they've been loving. Throw in Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, two second-year guys. Last oh, yeah. week in their game, Mike, they had the fourth youngest playoff team all time since the mer or since the merger in 70. And the last youngest team before this, I believe, was the 74 Bills. So they have basically rebooted and look at how successful they've been with these young receivers. Are the rookies and the, so the first and second year receivers, there are all kind of stats I, I read in this in the, or I went over in this game that they won against Dallas of how successful they've been. And the trigger man love has come along so well in helping this. It's amazing. But quickly, Mike, to the defensive side, because it was the antithesis of what we saw in the Philadelphia game. That defense missing tackle after tackle. I can't and and this Green Bay defense. Their D coordinator, Joe Barry, has been under fire all year that, that the mess just wasn't there, that there was going to be a change there. They hadn't played great all year. And then toward the end of the season, they started playing better. And I'm telling you, Mike, what they did on short passes against Dallas and making 
open field tackle. As, as Philly was missing tackle after tackle, Green Bay was making those tackles. So to me already in the, the early look at the matchup, the best yards after catch team in the NFL the last few years, San Francisco. So this Packer defense is going to be tested yet again on short passes that go long, which San Francisco does so well, and how well Green Bay tackles after the catch. So that's a matchup right out of the gate that I'm looking forward to. So, Dad, of the two we talked about with these quarterbacks, Houston taking on the Baltimore Ravens, you mentioned you've got the Packers and San Francisco. I know you can't pick that game, but even on face value, which of these quarterbacks do you think has a better chance of actually pulling the upset? I'm inclined to lean Green Bay's way just because Uh, of how Baltimore has looked the last month of the season. Well, I'm going to lean Green Bay's way because I think they have a better running attack, right? A.J. Jones, uh, or, uh, uh, yeah, he's been he's been playing. Aaron uh, Jones, uh, A.J. Dillon. I'm, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones. I'm thinking A.J. Dillon, who didn't play in the last game. Maybe he'll be back for this one. We'll see. Uh, he's had a couple issues, including a thumb. Uh, but Aaron Jones has been money, especially against the Cowboys. He has continued now. He's played four games against the Cowboys and had over 100 yards in each of those games. He's been money the last three regular seasons. He, uh, last three regular season games, he was over 100 yards and did it again in this playoff game. So I think that they have a better situation running the ball. I also think Jordan Love has two tight ends and the rookie tight ends to bail out at times. And as I mentioned, the younger receivers, he has more to work with than I believe C.J. Stroud does. Remember, because Tank Dell is out, and while Nico yep. uh, Collins is, is back and playing, I think Jordan Love, maybe surprisingly, maybe they're along early, or early in this process like we think Houston is, maybe along a year or so early, but kudos to both of them. I think Jordan Love has more to work with on the offensive side of the ball Uh, Going into the game, the Packers' offensive line has given up just 30 sacks. I think that was number three in the league. So I think overall Jordan Love has more around him than C.J. Stroud has. And remember, I mean, this is poetic. The first game that C.J. Stroud played as a pro in the regular season on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. So they lost that game 25-9, to and now they get to come back full circle and try and make that happen. Those are going to be incredibly fun to watch. I'm with you, Eileen Green Bay, for a lot of the said same reasons. I'm going to be curious. Uh, yeah, I'm not leaning this- either way, just, yeah. just so we know. I'm, yeah, I'm not leaning anyway. <laughs> dad's dad's predicting a very competitive game for theirs the other ones that are go. interesting dad on the winner's bracket side is the kansas city chiefs i think for them and for the bucks there are questions of how much better are they than we saw in the regular season versus was it just good matchup wrong team at the right time for that team because kansas city got a miami team that was banged up and clearly not built to play in the kind of environment that kansas city was able to find success in in that game and the buccaneers got the worst version of the eagles that we've seen in the last however many years and i think for the bucks There's a lot more reaching we're going to do on them. This Kansas City team, I mean, Donovan Smith getting back healthy at the right time at left tackle is big for them. We know the defense, especially in the postseason with Spag, can muster up some really impressive game plans. And with Patrick Mahomes, the Rasheed Rice thing is now solidified. We've got the answer outside of Travis Kelsey. And against a banged-up Bills defense right now, Dad, while they can get home with four, which is, I think, the kryptonite or what you need most against this Chiefs offense because you can't blitz Mahomes, I I do worry a little bit now about the middle of that defense against some of what the Chiefs do best. 
Well, the injuries, and, and we saw the injuries with, again, with Miami against the Bills in the last regular uh, season game and who they didn't have available against Kansas City. Now the Bills, on the flip side, go through that in their game and their win over Pittsburgh with some injuries. We keep saying it, though, Mike, is is there enough weapons for Mahomes who can create so much? It is such the Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice show, right? I mean, that's it. Eight receptions for Rice, seven for Kelsey in that game. The next closest was Justin Watson with two. Now, I'll, I'll continue to say Isaiah Pacheco is the hardest runner in the NFL. He, he is just a mean, mean runner, and I love watching him carry the ball because that man rarely goes down with one guy hitting him. He is fun to watch. Is that enough? Right? But we've, we've said that all year for them, and let's also be honest, they have not had one of their best regular season years no and buffalo is playing at a high level right now and quite honestly a lot of that has been rushing the ball with cook and with allen and their old line i know they got one dinged up i think dawkins got dinged up in this last game uh, a yeah. bit their old line had been together their old line had been one of the more uh you know had the most continuity one of the most continuity filled old lines all year so that's the, the one thing we've wondered about with the Chiefs is the one thing I'll continue to wonder about is there enough on offense defensively we've seen him play good and we've seen him play great so you know wh which one will that be there in containing uh Josh Allen especially against the run that was an area Miami just wasn't able to exploit that right. could have been there for them the matchup I look for right out of the gate we'll have plenty more time to talk about this Chris Jones against their rookie guard Osiris Torrance who's had some struggles yeah. at times this year at yep. that right guard spot how is Spags going to try and use that to their advantage at different junctures of this game we'll have plenty chances to talk more about the winners but Jesse let's get some uh people that might be experiencing a little bit of heartburn on the other side of this and talk about the losers and their prospects going forward coming off Super Wildcard Weekend. Yeah, it's, you know, these losing teams have a lot to digest, right? Okay, so it's our yums and tums segment because a loss is always <laughs> tough to keep down here, okay? Sponsored by Tums. With Tums Fast Heartburn Relief, your favorite foods are never a gamble. So Dolphins in particular could use an antacid after their loss to the Chiefs in the frigid <laughs> weather of Kansas City. However, fans of both teams were actually struggling with their frozen beverages <laughs> over uh, over there during the game. It was a sight to see. Guys, this is all to highlight the difficult conditions in Casey. Difficult putting it mildly. It was a tough one to swallow for the Dolphins who probably feel like, you know, things may have gone down differently in normal conditions perhaps. But guys, going into that game, Tua was 6 for 13 in temperatures under 70 degrees. 0 for 4 in temps under 40 degrees. So the writing was kind of on the wall here. Yeah, I, I saw, uh, I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah who brought this up uh, discussing Tua's future with the Dolphins. Dad, they're, for all intents and purposes, a dome team in the way that they want to operate, right? This yeah, is a yes, Miami run yeah. team that's got a really complex great run scheme because of Mike McDaniel and his background as the run game coordinator in San Francisco but it's by no means a downhill bruising attack that would have been built for conditions like this and so yeah you got them in that moment they looked out of sorts they looked off kilter credit to the defense and spags and what they did but it also played into the absolute worst parts of Miami in the environment around here and it cost a lot of people about $15 on beers that they had to lick yep. which sucks can you imagine now you experienced this once in seeing a team and it happened to be from the, the same state uh, when you guys played in the Sun Bowl and it was unbelievably cold mm -hmm. and you played the U 
And Miami wanted no part of being there. Again, it was a meaning a bowl game that it had no, you know, it wasn't a playoff game. But still, as you guys started beating them, you could just see they just wanted to get warm. I wonder at what point in this game, you know, as it was, what was it, uh, 16 to 7 at halftime, and, and Miami didn't score another point, then it was 19, then 26. 26 to 7 with 11 minutes to go in the game. I wonder at what point Miami's thought process was, I just want to get warm. We're not coming, making oh. it back in this game because it was so cold there. I had never seen, I'd seen a, a helmet break, but a part of a helmet pop off like it did on Patrick Mahomes' helmet, where the actual part of the helmet... Oh, it shattered. Came, it shattered. His sh- helmet shattered. I mean, I've sh- never seen that it, before. And it was interesting. I was riding in the elevator for my game in Dallas, and the the independent concussion doctor was on the elevator with me, right? And we were talking about how cold that game was. And I actually asked him, I said, if someone got hit like that, and part of that helmet flew off. Could you, as the independent doctor, say, well, did that happen? Obviously because of the cold, but it had to be a hard hit as well. Could you pull Mahomes off the field? Could you pull somebody off the field for that? And he said, no, we could not. On a, unless we saw him stumbling, we, we can't say, oh, my God, what a hit. It broke the helmet. We can't pull him off the field for that. I just thought that was an interesting little sidebar because I had the guy there. I figured I'd ask him. But, man, for Miami, like I said, how, how much were they just thinking about a, a warm cup oh, of soup or a hot Dad, shower? I can tell you exactly when it happened. First time they had to tackle Isaiah Pacheco. Being out there in the cold <laughs> bad enough, having to tackle a man who is somehow more ferocious than that cutting minus 30-degree wind would absolutely have been the breaking point for me. Uh, quickly, Dad, uh, uh, for Tua Tungabailoa and his future, Chris Greer, their D, uh, GM, came out and said they've had conversations this offseason. They want to keep him there long term. Would you sign yeah. him to a market-setting deal? Absolutely. Uh, wh- where, where else are you going to go? I mean, you, you have to now you have weapons. You have Tyreek Hill and Waddle, and that certainly helps you. Uh, and and that, with between Mostert and Achan, I, they have the running attack as well. Yeah, I mean, how could you – I don't know how you could feasibly say we're going to turn away from this and start over – at the quarterback position and where oh, no, they I'm were. I'm not saying so start I, over. I'm saying you could take him. He's got his fifth-year option they've already picked up. You've got the franchise tag after that. I'm saying you've got other options besides pay him market-setting money that's going to affect the way you put weapons around him, which he clearly needs. Well, I, I think you do that to get yourself squared away to know what you have then to set up the rest of the team. You know, because you look forward two, three, four years of where the money you're going to be spending and what you're going to have. I think you take care of that right now. Get him that deal. Know what your parameters are and go from there. So we are going to have that to chew on all offseason because I'm a little less sure than you are based on what we saw in some pivotal moments down the stretch. But... That being said, Dad, there is one fan base dealing with a lot more heartburn than the Dolphins or anyone else, and that is still the Dallas Cowboys. So much so that they're alumni. They're very proud alumni. Guys that we've seen put on gold jackets all seem to be going through it this weekend. This was the entirety of what we saw the Dallas Cowboys do to their esteemed alum over the weekend. Every single one of you, you get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. Oh, Dad! Twenty-eight great year, twenty-nine. And-
Bree Bag. I said run the ball. Congratulations, Bree Bag. I'm sure we won't have to look to y'all. Oh my God. Outstanding work by super producer Brandon Newman on that one. Dad, I legitimately thought Jimmy Johnson was going to cry on air on Fox yeah. giving that halftime pump up speech. I mean, this is one we we where we've seen that we've we have the sample size, right? Of them doing well in the regular season and just not doing it in the playoffs. And even if they had won that game, which everybody expected they would, they were then heading to a divisional round where they've lost their last 10. So it's like a Cowboy fan can never feel secure in the playoffs. And, and, and as I said before, even before the game, I said, be careful. If this starts to go bad, this starts from the top down of Jerry Jones of how tight this team might get if things aren't going their way. Tight can't be the description for the Dallas Cowboy fan broken television budget in the playoffs, clearly. <laughs> Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome and with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research, development, and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience, too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently, just like any other routine health habit. And Seed subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So, trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Dad, the Dallas Cowboys, we've talked so much about their demise. And for them and the Eagles to be twin flames in this is, uh, I don't know if it's poetic, but it sure is something right now. Is Both quarterbacks, by the way, getting questioned a fair amount. Dak Prescott 
who's due $60 million next year against the cap and has some complicating situations. But man, yep. Jalen Hurts <laughs> taking some heat coming off of last night as well. As I think Philly fans have sort of soured on that stoic nature that for so long was, oh, this maturity, great leadership, and yep. now is not nearly enough emotion for them, which is pretty wild. But uh, Dad, you talked about something you saw at the beginning of the Cowboys and Packers game uh, that stuck out to you on the other side of that with what Matt LaFleur, whose name we haven't said nearly enough in this conversation, has done. I was so impressed with what do we normally see, you know, people don't care about it much, the coin toss, right? And you win the coin toss, what do do most teams do? They defer. They say, give the other team the ball, we'll take it in the second half. It's not not a big thing, right? Okay. But I thought this was. Matt LaFleur and Green Bay won the toss and took the ball, which I, I, I think the thought process was, let's get our running game going. You know, let's start to try and do what we want to do instead of giving Dallas a ball with all the emotion of the start of a playoff game and God forbid they hit a big play on us and all of a sudden before we touch the ball, we're down and the crowd is going nuts and into it. Let's try and take them out of it right away. Their plan in the beginning couldn't have worked more to a T of what they were doing. They They win the toss, take the ball, 12 plays... 75 yards, taking up almost eight minutes off the clock, scoring a touchdown. Of those 12 plays, eight were run seven by Aaron Jones. Mike, you can't draw up a beginning of a game plan any better than that of setting the tone on the road of what you wanted to do. I was just so impressed with that. And then we started talking about, okay, what happens at halftime? It's 27 to 7, you know, and, and, and again, my partner, Ryan Radke, says, what's going on in the locker room right now? I said, well, in the Packer locker room, it's simple. Do not rest easy. This team has big play capability, even though they haven't shown it yet. They can get themselves back into this game. You got to play it, you know, you, know, you got to play it like the old added 0-0. And on the Cowboys side, it was going to be twofold. There was probably some players in there breaking lockers, throwing helmets, losing their minds at how bad they were playing, and others saying, listen, we scored right at the end of the half. We got our seven points. We get the ball to start the third quarter. Let's collect ourselves and say, let's get ourselves back in this starting the third quarter. So I think you had two sides of it, two different type of player in that Cowboy locker room on what was going on, the disbelief and the anger to what just happened and Okay, but we scored at the end of the half. We made it a 20-point game, and we get the ball. So, And then they come out. You think about it in the second half. They come out, go down, and score a field goal. And then they're like, okay, at least they scored. How does Green Bay answer? Touchdown. Then Dolphin or Cowboys get the ball. They go down and score a touchdown. How does Green Bay have to answer that? touchdown so while the Cowboys did come out in their first two drives scored 10 points Green Bay scored 14 in there so they just had an answer for everything and just frustrated the hell out of the Cowboys Dak looked uncomfortable he and C.D. Lamb could not have been more not on the same page in this game uh, than I've seen in a long time but This a lot, and I know people are going to talk about the Cowboys. They always fold in the playoffs. But, man, I give a lot of uh, credit to Green Bay and what they did on both sides of the ball. 
Yeah, you mentioned it before. The Green Bay defense, the most surprising part to me, uh, just what they've been all year, as inconsistent as they've been for so much of the year and looked at as the Achilles heel. Matt LaFleur also, like, again, we cannot give this dude enough credit for absolutely carving up Dan Quinn's unit on defense. And it's it's tough when your foundation is you don't have the dogs to hunt and stop the run game because everything else can get built off that. But, Dad, they picked them apart with motion, all the stuff pre and post snap there. Yes. They took the Dallas Cowboys man coverage and absolutely made it look silly on the back end like uh, it's always like uh, I had a buddy of mine who used to say yeah I make up for being pretty small by also being pretty slow the Dallas Cowboys defense made up for gaping holes in the run game by also having giant holes in the back on the pass defense when it came to some of these deep shots in the game there was no way that they could win because the foundation was broken against a team on the other side that had found its final form there and and Dan Quinn, who by the way has had a couple of interviews already, or has him uh, getting ready for to be a head coach somewhere. They play man more than anybody in the league. And first they were getting beat by man, but then when they played zone, my God, Jordan Love had some time, and Romeo Dobbs was killing them in the middle of the field, the deep middle of the field, with the space that was available in the coverage. It was stunning. Three times they got him there. Then you got Luke Musgrave on one of those, send all the receivers to the left and just have Luke run a deep, you know, over route uh, coming from the left to the right. And they just blew the coverage. And he's wide open, actually having to wait for the football like a punt before he gets into the end zone. Yeah, it was – you wondered after that game – First and foremost, is Mike McCarthy going to have a job? But then you started to wonder, will this affect Dan Quinn in in people looking at him for a head coach of the way his defense just got decimated out there? But as I said, he's he's had a couple of interviews. He's going to have more. So we'll see what other kind of changes are made to this team and this coaching staff. Speaking of Dan Quinn, who is a former head coach, most notably with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, that team made news. I've enjoyed in in a day and age where especially websites like On3 have become pretty famous for all these big, ornate recruiting graphics. Every time a player commits or goes on a visit somewhere, we see that pop up. The NFL teams, and I don't know when this started or if I'm just aware of it now because I'm terminally online, have started doing the graphics for such and such team has interviewed this coach. We saw the Chargers rattling through them all the other day, and we saw the headline heard around the world, the Atlanta Falcons have interviewed head coach Bill Belichick for the possibility of filling that role. And dad, you can imagine all the 28-3 memes that came through on that. Like, what does an interview with Bill Belichick even Uh, uh. look like at this point? Do you want the job? Here's a blank check. Yeah. (laughs) because you hear these interviews sometimes they're six eight ten hours right and I would imagine that's mostly with coordinators trying to be first-time head coaches and by the way about that uh the owner uh Arthur Blank has never hired a non-first-time head coach he yeah. has always hired that first time, you know, the coordinator becoming a first time head coach. You're going from that to the second oldest coach and the GOAT coach who's walking into the Hall of Fame. I'm with you. What is that interview like? I mean, and who's conducting the interview, right? Is it the Falcons or is it Bill Belichick? <laughs> because this is the, and I'm being facetious there, they're obviously interviewing Bill, because ah. I think Bill's the sixth person that they've interviewed. But I have to imagine that that interview has to be so different than any other head coach prospect that interviews for them. Do you think someone brought up the game, like just to break the ice? 
Yes. They, like you someone have had to. to mention it, right? Of course you do. Like someone's, you got to address the 28-3 sized elephant in the room. It can't go unspoken yeah. that entire time. And the people on Twitter who have been responding underneath, by the way, the Falcons tweeting out that they interviewed Bill Belichick. It was like, I heard he wants 28.3 million next year. <laughs> like oh. the, the tweets <laughs> just keep coming. Oh, it's I good. saw. I mean, the interview lasted between three and 28 yeah. minutes. It was all there. Oh. It was all there. Incredibly giving. Yeah. Oh, that that was, but but some of them, Mike, you mentioned what the Ben Affleck movie of um, uh, Goodwill oh, Good Hunting. Hunting, popping oh. in, retainer, retainer, yeah. kicking the feet up on the desk. Yeah, it's it is fascinating to think. It, it is funny too because when you think about the actual viability of this for the Falcons, what do they have? A defense that ended up becoming the star of the show this season, a bunch of young offensive skill talent, I think a pretty good run-blocking offensive line on their best day, but your worst nightmare, unless you've got a plan for addressing it this offseason, is Bill Belichick without an answer at quarterback. Here's what seems odd to me, and it's just because, you know, obviously of what Bill has done, it just seems like a team would say, that's Bill Belichick. We want him. Let's go hire him and not have him be one of six or seven candidates that we interviewed. Because imagine if they don't hire him, they would pick maybe a first-time head coach or someone who's been a head coach for a short time over Bill Belichick. It just seems weird. I get the process, but it just seems weird. You wouldn't just say, oh, that's Bill. We want to hire you as our head coach. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. All right, since it was an extended wild card weekend, we'll call this Victory Tuesday, which means we got to get some winners in here. And no one better to bring on for that than our friend of the program here, Lions fullback Jason Cabinda, kind enough to join us now. Jason, congratulations, man. Take us inside what I have to imagine was one of the happiest places on earth ending a 32-year playoff drought this weekend for you. Yeah, man, you know, I had a friend fly in for the game and uh, he grew up in Michigan and, you know, he literally told me, he said, bro, I've literally been waiting my entire life for this. And I think when he told me that, that's when it really hit because that was the energy of the fans the entire game. I mean, it was a bunch of people in there who had literally been waiting their entire life for it. So you can only imagine uh, the energy. I mean, it was absolutely electric. Um, I mean, one of the one of the greatest days, man. It was it was truly special. And and I, I guess 
is there a way to put that in perspective? You're 27 years old. You play football for a living. This is you go and you play a game. You play a game. This is your job. This is what you do. But to see the fans and how how it's their life. I mean, how they talk about. It. They haven't seen it in so long. I mean, how, how was just that in walking around that stadium and seeing those fans like that? I mean, the Detroit Lion fans. They are the absolute best. I mean, they have they have stuck by us, as you know, through th through thick and thin. I mean, there's no question about it. They are die hard. The city has been dying for a winner for so long, um, you know, and and to 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 see the the change in the 360 over these past five years, especially over these last three that Dan has been here and what he's instilled in us and you know, the inspiration and how, how much the culture has changed in this building. Uh, I mean, it's it's been really, really fantastic and cool to see, um, especially being how long I've been here on this team and here in Detroit. You mentioned the culmination of Dan's time here. You guys were so close to the postseason last year, getting over the hump this year. How did he address this with you guys in the lead up to this game? Um, I think for us, it was really just about being who we've been all season. Um, I mean, we've been preparing the same way week in and week out. We know the work it takes and, and what we need to put in each week in order to come out um, as a winner. And I think when you have a game like this with all these storylines and narratives and all this stuff going on, a lot of outside noise in the media, I think that's when you really got to just bring it in and just make it about us, make it about executing your job, making it about your brothers, make it about the coaches, everybody in the building who, you know, really deserves this win and kind of working for each other and going out there and giving it your all for each other. And that was kind of, you know, Dan's big message um, was to just, hey, just be us. And you don't got to go out there and do anything special. You don't, you don't got to go outside the game plan and, you know, try to go out there and make stuff happen. You know, let the plays come to you, prepare the same way, play the same way that you've been playing all year. And, you know, everything else will take care of itself and it did so you have from the fans the high of decades of waiting from the players of the fact that all your hard work led to a home playoff game and a playoff win how quickly does that high get put aside knowing okay it's nice we won that but the job's not over yeah um i think you know Panay kind of kind of said it best. He said, you know, now now that we're in, you know, it's time to kick the door down. Um, and that, that's really how we feel. You know, the job's not finished, like you said. Um, you know, we expect a lot out of this team. We know the goals that we have and where we want to go. And, and at the end of the day, this is just another week, you know, another chance to another opportunity to keep this team together for another week, go out there, win and, and, and have fun, you know, and, and keep having a run for this city that truly deserves it. Um, I think that's what everybody's thinking about right now, man. We're just thinking about the city of Detroit, you know, how bad, how bad they want a winner, how bad we want it in the building, and we want it for Dan. Um, so we're, we're super excited for another opportunity and super grateful for it. What was Dan like after the game? I'd imagine he was just stone-colding <laughs> beers in the locker room there. Like, what was that reaction <laughs> from him? I mean, Dan, Dan's reaction was awesome. I mean, I think I think he does a pretty good job of keeping his cool. But I, I think there's no doubt that you know when we got in the the locker room, we knew the. I mean, it was like a massive monkey being off your back. You know, that's really how it felt. And you know, I think that really freed the chains for this organization and for the mindset of the organization and for the you know overall outlook of what people think of this team and this city. So uh, I mean, you guys talk about Dan's reaction. I, I know there's a video floating around of Brad Holmes in the elevator as he's about to come down to the. Yeah. Locker room and Brad's just over there screaming. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he gets to the locker room and, and Brad's like out of breath, and everybody's just looking at Brad laughing because you could just see the excitement and the energy. You don't really get to see that type of energy from a GM. So 
I think we have a really special environment. We got some special coaches, man. I think I think we're just doing it the right way. And, you know, Dan even said that in his post-game speech. He's like, man, this isn't always the best business. It can be a crappy business sometimes. But, hey, I really genuinely feel like we do a damn good job over here. And I, I couldn't agree with him more. Speaking of that tough part of the business, I think the quarterback matchup in this game was really emblematic of the guy in Matt Stafford, you know, who was a part of a lot of the lean years in Detroit coming back. Jared is a cast off from that Rams team. How did you guys kind of manage that? As I'm sure Matthew's a guy that's pretty well liked by some of the core members of that locker room that were around for a lot of that and saw it with him. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, I obviously played with staff. Staff is a part of my, you know, personal football history. I, I caught my first catch in the NFL from Stafford. Um, but I think for us as players, I mean, like I said, it was about us in the locker room. It was about getting this win for Jared. You know, we knew how much this this win meant for Jared. You know, he he had a tough situation to deal with that wasn't necessarily handled the best way. And, you know, you can call it somewhat of a revenge game or whatever you want to call it. But I, I know Jared had a lot of pressure and he did a really good job of dealing with his emotions throughout the week and just continuing to be the same guy, not trying to do too much, preparing the same way. And I think that, that that's really a testament to what kind of guy he is, what kind of leader we have in Dan to be able to keep us in that mindset and not let those narratives or, you know, that those outside noise, those things, uh, you know, influence in any type of way. So. So you host Tampa Bay Sunday, and it's early in the week, so I'm not worried about the, the game plan part right now. But, like, Tampa Bay played, played Philly in week three and lost to him 25-11 to 11 and then beat him, uh, you know, in, yesterday in the playoffs. You guys played Tampa week five and beat him 20-6. to six. My, my overall question is, does an early game like that mean anything in a later game like this? What can you take away from that game, if anything? Um, to me, it doesn't. Um, I think in the league, in the NFL, every single week you're trying to get better. You know, teams are getting better throughout the year. You want to get to a point where your team is peaking in December and playing its best football in December. And I think Tampa Bay has done a good job down the stretch of kind of figuring out who they are, you know, gaining that confidence and stuff of that nature. So um, at the end of the day, they're a better team. We are a better team. Um, the margin of error is smaller because we're in the playoffs. It's good on good. It's best on best. So uh, all the details matter the, the more, you know, at this point in time. So um, although it is, it's good that we've seen them already and we're familiar with that team and because of the fact that we played them. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to see what's recent, what they've done over the past stretch, three, four games. And obviously this game uh, yesterday and kind of go off of what they're showing now, which shows that they're, they're a better team, you know. Jason, about a minute left here. You mentioned the details matter. I'm curious for you. You mentioned catching your first pass from Stafford. There's the image in this game on the touchdown to Sam Laporta. All you big skill guys lined up on the outside there. You little tick that ball couldn't have come your way. I feel like Sam gets a lot of touchdown balls because they not have shown you some love as a big guy split out there. I ran a fade, man. I was trying to get open, man. You know, if it wasn't there, I was ready to come back to the pylon and get a ball from Jared. But uh, I think that's just a testament to Ben Johnson that he could go out there, throw out a jumbo O-lineman, two tight ends and a fullback, and run a pass play. You know, I think being able to use personnel against our opponents, I mean, Ben Johnson has, has just been uh, masterful at that this year. And you see it week in and week out of the play calling and the play designs and just the overall scheme that Ben has us in. 
Well, I, I saw what you're saying there. If if he had to roll out at all, you were in great position to just come right back to that front yep. pylon and, and, and golf yep. just whip it to you. That, that would have been nice. I was hey, listen, man, you, you don't got to get ready when you stay ready. And uh, Jason Lord knows we know you do. So congratulations on the win, man. We're excited for you. We appreciate you giving us so much time this year. Best of luck, man. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you guys again after another big time game from the Lions. No doubt. I appreciate you guys as always. Thanks, man. Awesome stuff again. <laughs> Lions fullback Jason Kaminda, kind enough to join us. Coming off their win, we're now dead again for the first time in franchise history. They will get to host two playoff games, uh, getting another one at Ford Field with Tampa coming to town, like you mentioned. I just can't even fathom the fans who had been, oh. you know, especially the older fans who had been there for decades and had kids who they brought up as Lion fans as well, waiting and waiting and waiting, and now having this to cheer for. I did that. These players have made these fans feel so, so good. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make these playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. I'm excited to see what these young stud quarterbacks do with their postseason opportunity. Jordan Love leads the Green Bay Packers on the road against the 49ers and is a 10-point dog, while C.J. Stroud in his rookie campaign gets to head to the one-seed Baltimore Ravens, where the Ravens are favored by nine and a half. You can check out all this and more by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code GOJO when you get there. New customers can bet just five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, guys, time to finish off the show way we always do this, that, the third, three quick stories to send you off into the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Try and check us out live 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern Monday through Friday here on DraftKingsNetwork.com, the YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, Roku, and more. But if you miss us or any of our great guests like Lions fullback Jason Cabinda, who is kind enough to join us coming off their win, you can get that wherever you get your podcast or available right here on YouTube immediately after the show. Let's get to uh, this guy's Hulk Hogan. Apparently out here doing some saving. Uh, Hulk Hogan's wife, Sky Daly, posted last night that after they left a dinner in Tampa, they saw a car flip over in front of them. And Hulk Hogan, her husband, went out, sprung to action, puncturing the woman's airbags and quickly getting her out of the car. Uh, by all appearances, she was unscathed, just rattled, but... Uh, Dad, Hulk Hogan wearing his NWO shirt, by the yeah, way, just yeah. immediately ready to go and play hero ball. Yeah, NWO shirt out at dinner, you know, being Hulk Hogan uh, as he <laughs> is. Pretty wild. And, and getting there to help, that's uh, very, very cool. I mean, you know, of people will stop and help other people, but when it's someone like that, obviously, you know, Jordan Love, 
you know, the last week, helped somebody, you know, a young lady get, get out of a sobe or tried to. It turns out the, it turns out the, as, as Jordan Love was trying to push the car out, did it like once or twice. And she was like, dude, you got a game coming up. I have friends coming. Stop doing this. But I have to say, I had an experience like this when I was playing for the Eagles is even for home games, you stay in a hotel the night before. And I'm sure. one of those one o'clock game. You got to be at the stadium at, by 11. And while after pregame breakfast in the morning, offensive linemen go right to the stadium. I was one of those. I didn't want to step foot in the locker room until the last possible minute. So after breakfast at 7 or so in the morning, I would drive home. Go home, Mike, to see your mother and at some point you guys as well uh, before I went to the stadium. And I was driving home early in the morning after pregame and probably about 15 minutes from home on the highway, a car tried to came change lanes and clipped the back end of another car. And that car went off into the median on the highway, that big grass area, and flipped a couple of times, probably about 50 yards, 100 yards ahead of me. So as it was doing that, I'm like, oh, my God. So I pulled over and tried to get as close as I could. The car ended up on all four wheels. I got out of the car, and I happened to be the first one there because I was just in the position where I was the closest one to him. And I ran to the car. Because the car had flipped, the windows had blown out of it. So there were no windows and I'm running and I'm, I'm looking at the, the driver's side facing me and I'm thinking the guy's head is to the side. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, this guy's going to be dead. And I go there and I just reach in and touch his shoulder. I didn't want to move him or anything. And he, his head turns around, looks at me and he goes, Mike Golick. He goes, I got tickets to the game today. No. I'm like, dude. I'm <laughs> like, dude, just, just <laughs> hold on, bud. Just stay right there. Stay right there, you know, and I'd stay with him for a little bit. Obviously, other cars came at that point pretty quickly, and I, I ended up having to leave, but he was fine. I Now, I don't know if he ever made it to the game or not, but dude was fine. I was like, wow, I mean, nothing. Unscathed, completely unscathed. You didn't, like, wow. upgrade him to sweet tickets or get him down on the field before the game after he survives this harrowing experience? Well, we Mike, don't know that he survived. Do you, think, do you think I had the pull to get anybody's sweet tickets? That's a fair point. Hey, at least he recognized you. That's a win. That's a nice ego boost. Yeah. Hilarious. Just hilarious. I mean, I I, I couldn't help but laugh. And then I was praying the dude was okay and didn't have, you know, some part of the car stuck into his gut or anything. You know, he was fine. Yeah. All right. There we go. All's well that ends well. So good job by you. Good job by Hulk Hogan, which, you know, is a, a fun thing to get to say. Uh, Jesse, let's get to more good job uh, getting handed out as the Emmys were last night in the world of television. We had some folks absolutely clean up. Yeah, there's usually like a couple shows that just sweep and it was Succession, Beef, and The Bear. So it looks like Succession had six Emmys, Beef had five, The Bear had six. So they just went through absolutely cleaning up. And then we got a really funny um, visual from Rob McElhaney. He's watching the game, the Eagles game of, you know, he's of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame. He's watching the Eagles game on his phone at the Emmys. Dead serious. So serious watching the game. And he's like, who schedules the Emmys on the same yeah. night? And you just have to laugh. Have you guys ever been in this situation where you had to attend an event, like a wedding or something like that, and oh, there's God, a game yeah. you needed to watch that was on? Yep. Okay, so you just do yeah, that? Yeah. You pull the phone oh, out? Well, and see, I, I think 
like it's mostly been a wedding because you're like, who the hell schedules a wedding during football season? Yeah. The, the best thing the bride and groom to do uh, can do is at the because it's usually not affecting the wedding. I guess I guess it's if it's a Saturday or Sunday, depending on playoffs. But have a TV at the reception. Have something where play people can watch because they're going to watch. You know, you can try and sit there and say, we're not putting up a TV because we want people involved in our reception. Well, they're going to do just what Rob did. They're going to have their phones and they're going to find a place to watch it. That's just what comes along with having your wedding during football season. Yeah, that would 100%. be smart. Cost of doing business. Just Cost of doing business. Put it up. Uh, congratulations. I mean, succession, obviously, super deserving uh, of everything. Uh, Kieran Culkin, huge. best male lead. Sarah Snook, best female lead. Shiv forever. The Bear was an yep. absolute juggernaut. And this was season uh, one because of the writer's strike. This isn't even right. season two of The Bear with Ooh. some of the best episodes of TV from the last few years. Beef I need to check out. But, Dad, I felt in a big way for Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk star of you know obviously before breaking bad played saul goodman in that show but better call saul had been a triumph every bit of breaking bad's equal by a lot of people's estimations and some people even liked it better and yet they set the record last night officially for the most emmy nominations at 53 for a show without a win which felt like a crime considering the job everyone on that show did I, I am stunned, absolutely stunned, because you, you don't hear about all that kind of stuff until it happens that many times. It reminds me of people around my age, Susan Lucci from All My Children was always finishing second as, you know, the, the best actress, always second. She finally won one, but just years and years and years, and you just wonder when that's going to break. But I, I can't believe that. I can't believe he hasn't won an award. That that blows my mind and tells you I, I, that, that's it's ridiculous. But the bear, congrats to that show. That show is phenomenal. I love that show. Absolutely incredible. But for for Bob Odenkirk and for Rhea Seahorn, who played Kim Wexler on the show, who was an absolute yep. beast. Uh, they are all-time TV performances. Just came up in the wrong era, which we see happen in yep, sports yep. all the time. Jesse, what we don't see all the time are births at Disney World, but apparently now that's rumored to be a thing that's on the table. We don't know if this is fake or real, but the New York Post is basically saying there's a rumor that there's going to be a Disney maternity ward. Um, it's an Instagram account called Mousetrap News came up with this wild story about the company letting people have babies at the Magic Kingdom maternity ward, or the original video has over over 1 million views. Disney fans are freaking out over this. So this could be satire, but I think the real story becomes how many people are so interested in doing this. How many Disney adults there are out there walking yeah. among us. Oh, I mean, Dad, there's no doubt that there's a market for this kind of stuff. Now, according to the rumors, it would unsurprisingly be severely marked up five grand for a stay, which is almost twice yeah. the cost of a normal stay. You would have to have a valid Disney park ticket, which is hilarious. No word on if you need the fast pass or not, but people are going to sign <laughs> up for this. If this was a real thing, they might be yeah. trial ballooning this. I'm sure moms would love the fast pass, fast pass to have a quicker birth. But Jesse, let me ask you. Let's get past the, let's just say you wanted to have a baby in this situation. Okay. The biggest question is, which character would you want delivering your baby? Yeah, um, I feel like it, that's a terrifying question. And it's a scary, <laughs> it's a scary thing to even think of. Um, I'm not terribly familiar with 
Like, I know Disney movies. I'm not, like, terribly familiar with, like, the canon characters. I don't know. Probably one of the dudes from Toy Story. I don't know. I, I just, like, I was just going to say, Woody and Buzz seem like a great tag yeah. team. The problem is, if you're in the room, technically they can't animate then, so I don't know if they'd be able to do the job or They're how that would like, work. Like, Dad, Dad, do you have a pick that comes to mind? Probably Goofy. Yeah, I would think that would, that would fit well. It, it would be Goofy. I think that would fit the context pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be an appropriate. Not uh, one of the princesses. Not one of the princesses. They definitely no. did not. They do not have the the skills. I'll no, just say. no. But Goofy does. <laughs> I would trust Goofy more than one of those princesses. Okay. If you trust Goofy, you probably trust this show. Download, subscribe, rate, review it. Leave it a five star rating. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.